Welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. I'm your host, Isaac, and I'm here with the wonderful, the lustrious, the exuberant, the what other. Oh my God, could you hurry up? Oh. <laughs> uh, hi, thank you. My God. Okay. Hello, friend. How are you? Hi. How have you been? We, we hung out yesterday, but like, and we haven't seen each other in like some hours i mean it's early Mm -hmm. you know it's early but yes what did you do for the hours that we didn't see each other i slept okay just making sure yeah Mm -hmm. you know i um i do that yeah Mm -hmm. i think other people do that too i'm not sure i don't know sleeping is like for the week i'm not sure strong people don't really sleep supposedly someone by the name of tarina lanyas made a tweet saying um if you woke up broke what is the point of sleeping you know oh that's real yeah so i guess you know yes sleep is stupid i guess especially if you wake up broke Mm -hmm. i guess it's like well you lost out on you know making money because you slept you know yeah okay so it's stupid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was what i was getting okay at so is, um, yes seku do you have anything you want to tell the glorious illustrious fans of the table podcast about yourself um i have freckles bitch <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I know. Oh my it's like, god! I know. There's like a very formal order <laughs> you to the podcast, and I feel like I I'm have just, freckles. I'm, I'm just unprepared. <laughs> really, um, I don't know how to draft a nice little bio on the spot, but I guess I can gear this towards some academia. If you want to, I mean, you could just say you have freckles. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Okay, back. I'm just kidding. You know? <laughs> I was like, okay, back. <laughs> no, um, I am 23 years old. Okay. From Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I say Missouri. And <laughs> I go to coup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a coup. We got a coup. And um, I major in a architecture, so I do a architecture. Yes. Yes. That is fun and restless and very white. <laughs> and it all. Um, but I enjoy architecture. I love what she does for my mind and my creativity. But we'll get into those things later. Yes, we will. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, but yeah, that is just my bread and butter for now. Oh my gosh. Um, get my little Aquaria. This Aquaria head twitch. Okay. It reminds me of Parker Hill. Yes. You know that one vine of Parker Hill with the phone. Yes. Going back and forth. I was just about to make a tweet about that. I'm going to still make that tweet. Yes, please make that tweet. Um, this doesn't air until like 
Monday. So okay. Oh, so time. we get to do edits. Yeah. And we get to like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know it's gonna be some. There's gonna be some bullshit going on. But I really don't edit talk. anything. So oh, like. Okay. It's just what it is. It's organic. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. I just you know I'm, I'm yeah I just can't wait for the like nonsense. they're gonna hear this whole entire conversation. The nonsense is going to pour forth. Yes. So. Here at the table, we have a schedule. There's the appetizers, the dinner is served, and then just desserts. Um, most people know what those are, but like, there's a new routine that we got on. We got a new little cover photo, so now we got to be different or whatever. So appetizer, we actually have like an ice-breaking game, but we have different ice-breaking games. So today, we're going to play tops and bottoms, um, which will be explained later. Um okay. Our topic for today is change and change in a lot of different ways. You know, that's broad. She's broad. She's broad, a little butch. And um, yes. And then Just Desserts is just a wrap up. But we're going to have a vent session. So we're just going to complain about whatever we want to complain about for about a good 15 minutes and just go off. It's going to be positive. Positive complaining. Positive complaining. The only thing that I'm into. But yeah, so another thing to say is we're back and brand new. And so therefore, I'm only doing one episode a week because two episodes a week was a lot. And I just don't have the time or the patience or the energy Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to graduate. Mm -hmm. Fair. I'm trying to graduate. Fair. I can't do all of these things at once, Mm -hmm. especially not getting paid. Um, So, but anyway, so let's play tops or bottoms. Tops and bottoms or bottoms. Versatile. For the the tops and the bottoms. Think <laughs> <laughs> so he just hit himself in the face with the microphone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so tops and bottoms goes like this. Mm. We name a celebrity and we have to guess if they're a top, a bottom, um, and other languages for the um, straights, I guess. Um, it would be... Does it really have to be for them? Uh, no, never mind. I'm not even going to explain it. So let's start with someone easy. Darren Chris, top or bottom? Top. Mm, are you sure? Top. I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I feel like he's like a power bottom. Mm-mm. Yeah. He's, he's a top who presents as a bottom, which is like what most of... There's so many that are like that. Those are the only people I usually mess with. Those, there's so Men many. Men and women. Those are so, yeah, there's so many that yeah. are like that trope. I mean, it's very easy to assume that Mr. Dan Chris would be a bottom, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. And they're always right. that height, too, that height and that exact build. Like a good 5'9". A good 5'9", A five good 5'9", five eight. Five eight. Mm-hmm. And looks like not ma- very masculine, but like a masculine very enough. Tone yeah, the enough so that the tray can look at it. Yes, and then they hit you with that, hmm, bitch. I top. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. The the switcheroo. Mm-hmm. The switcheroo. Okay. The big reveal. The big reveal. <laughs> the um, reveal. let's like do. Drag queens. You know how that's what I was literally gonna say. Tops. That that's yes, like, like, um, like Chi Chi Devane. Like, we all know Sis is a top. Like, there's nothing about that. Jasmine Masters. Jasmine Masters. See, has that one to be a threw, top. No, that one threw me through a loophole. Really? Remember when she made that, 
She made that video about that boy that was shitting all over the sheets. Yeah, that's how I knew that Miss Jasmine Masters was the top, and I was like, hmm, wasn't expecting that. I mean, I really but, um, could tell that Jasmine Masters was the top. She kind of looks like Trinity K. Bonet, a top. Yeah, a top. Wait, is she? Yeah, Confirmed. I saw her grinder profile. That's okay. Um. Um. If we're on the realm of drag queens, so let's go through some season tw- 10 queens yes, real quick. Yes, yes. Let's do this. Let's do yes, this. Let's do this. There we this. go. There we go. Um, there we go. Asian O'Hara, Asia O'Hara. Bottom. Mm-mm. Her boyfriend's white. That don't mean shit. I, I think she's a top. No, that don't mean I think shit. she's a top. I think she's a top. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep saying Okay, we can move on. It. Okay. I'm not, I'm not um, going to believe it. I'm not Eureka is a bottom. Avi. Uh, Aquaria, oh, I don't know. Bottom, mm. she is. She has to be. Has to be. Has to be. Has to be. But Miss Cracker, probably a bottom too. Mm, I don't know. Bottom. Miss Cracker, I think goes both ways. That's the I white bitch a- that's living in Harlem. Who the fuck is she topping in Harlem? Who is that white bitch topping in Harlem? <laughs> Seriously. You know what? I'm just not gonna engage with that anymore. Um, prepubescent gentrification, but the girl doesn't make that big of an impression. Very fair. Um, who else? The vixen. Topper verse. Mm, okay. Um, reverse top. Whatever. Who else am I thinking of? Because I don't want to ask for certain queens because I feel like we already know the answer. But, like, I need ones that I don't really know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Vanjie. 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 Mm. Vanjie. 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 Because she a little ghetto, but you know. Eloquence. Eloquence. <laughs> Why did she have to go home? All I wanted to do was watch a whole entire show she with Miss Vanjie on it. Oh, God. Way too early. <sighs> that was quality television. I was at Sidetracks in Chicago. I love Sidetracks. Hometown of Lay Vixen. She was at Roscoe's, though, and I wasn't trying to deal with that. Nope. They had a $20 cover, Ooh. and I said, You can kiss the whole of my left ass cheek. And I went to sidetracks because the shit was free. But, um, honestly, okay, one, I want to go off on a tangent on, like, watching Drag Race at a gay bar. It is like going to a sporting event. Of course it is. It was electrifying. And I had so much fun there. But anyway, um... Damn, forgot my train of thought. We were talking about Miss Vanjie, weren't we? Yes. Is she a top or a bottom? I don't know. Um, I can't gauge that one. Yeah, I can't either. Especially because she's from Miami, and you really don't know out there. You just don't know. No, you don't. You just don't know. No. Well. Yes. Okay, let's dabble in the realm of Punani. Yeah, let's move on from... Yeah. Drag race yes, let's dabble in the realm of the Punani. Um, Leah Dunham. Lena Dunham? I don't know that hoe's name. No. Uh, oh. N- no. <laughs> ah! 
why would you bring her into this space? You're right. You know what? what I just problem? did that because she was at the top of my head because you know why I like to think about problematic white people. I just think about problematic white people often, so why? I make sure that I'm always on t- I'm on my toes. Just in case if somebody hits me oh. with some problematic mm. net mess, I know that I need to be on my toes. Mm. Yep. Next. Oh my gosh. Um Can we talk about, well Michelle no. literally Michelle Visage. Top. Uh, I'm screaming. Okay. Um, who else? Uh, Allison Felix. No, we will not. Yes. No, we will we not. Must. We I must. We must. We'll be sitting here for five minutes. We must. We'll be wasting time. Uh, that's I'm, fine. I'm fine with doing. Okay, we can sit here silent because I'm not. <laughs> um, not my princess. Not my princess. God. Ooh. Carmelita Jenner. Oh my God! No, see, okay, we, 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 we gotta move on. We gotta, we gotta move on from this category because Ooh. I feel so wrong placing these labels Ooh. on some of my favorite black queens. Shonda. Like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We can't. We okay, can't. I can't. let's do. Let's do actresses. To we're gonna do actresses. I'm so or, sorry. Or what about? Um, Musicians, ooh, you know, uh-huh. like the Sam Smiths and the Freddie Mercury's. Like, let's get into that, okay? okay? I think that would be interesting. I have some Sam Smith. I don't think is a top bottom. Has to be a bottom. Bottom has to be a bottom. Who else? Shamir. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Um, non-binary black singer. Hmm. Very interesting songs. Very into them. But for some reason, like if you pulled up a picture, like it's a very scrawny, like five seven, like black masculine presenting person, but truly feel like it's a top all the way through. Like maybe weighs like a buck five. Oh, okay. That's I just cute. for some reason I just feel like mm-hmm. she's about that life. Mm-hmm. Um who else? Elton John. Elton John has to be a bottom, and bottom. If there's, there's okay, no other possible thing. way. Okay, here's my thing. Here's my philosophy. No possible way. So I feel like um, being a good singer is a top, bottom, and verse trait, but like songwriting is a bottom exclusive trait. Mm. It's a bottom exclusive. Wait, trait. Wait, so then, therefore, thinking about SZA. I don't know why I went there because SZA writes. I told you. I told you we're not doing this. To our yes, black we queens. are. No, we're not. We are because we're now I have the. Now I'm thinking queens. about it. We're not doing Wait. this to our black queens. Carrie Hilson. We're not doing this. You uphold Carrie Hilson? No, I don't. Okay, but but still, I don't want to be. In- <laughs> we were on a good roll talking about Elton John. And you I know, the there's time. so much to choose. There's so much to choose from in that situation. But like I was saying, the Beatles songwriting is a bottom exclusive trade. Then so one of the Beatles would be a bottom and the rest of them are tops. Are they gay? No. Oh, then who cares? Very fair. <sighs> who else? I'm, I can't even think. Okay, of so like... here's my list. I'm at okay. the list. I was going to. Okay, listen, I have this saved in my. I'm screaming I that have you have a full list. Yeah, I have this saved in my drafts. Oh, no. Um, I actually had this conversation with Marcus at one point. Oh, my gosh. But I was saying Elton John, George Michaels, Frank Ocean, Freddie Mercury, Sam Smith. Okay. All bottoms with immaculate pin game. Ooh. Every single last one of them. And then I remember Marcus at one point brought up uh, Ricky Martin, and I was like, she's not a writer. She's an entertainer. She is an entertainer. She has some, she has some bops, but... 
Mm. Not a writer. Like if you if you actually listen to those lyrics, they're not there. Okay. They're not there. Okay. Also, I'm not 100% sure, but Troy Savon she goes. She goes. She does go. But goes. I don't, I, okay, but her I don't know if she I don't, I don't know She's if she like a verse bottom. Does she write did she write her does she write I, her music? Some of it. Some of it. Some of okay. it. I think she's a verse bottom. What about the song that she did with Zed? Uh, I don't think that was. Cut. I don't think that was written by her. A lot yeah, of the songs that are done auntie, with Zed. I was about to say we got to go on Auntie Google. Zed be writing auntie his Google. own shit. Cause Zed I don't know. Cause I also shit. think I don't think Alicia Cara wrote that one song that she did with Zed either. Oh shit. And I don't think that um, Ariana Grande wrote it either. What song did she do with Zed? Um, Break Free. Oh yes, that was it. That they was did it. the beats. Um, hold on, Troy Sivan, Paper Cut. No, no, no. It's Zed Papercut. Right. Because I also don't know, like, if anybody ever does, like, a song with David Guetta, if they write the lyrics. Mm. Well, actually, I don't know that either because I remember Taylor Swift did that one song with him, but she said she swore she wrote those lyrics. But that they... was Calvin Harris. Oh, was that Calvin Harris? Yeah, that was Calvin, Calvin Harris. Harris. But then Calvin Harris said she didn't. Yeah. Um, so I never know. So Troy Sivan did not write. Papercuts? Um, Papercut. Julia fucking Michaels. Damn. Julia fucking Mike. Oh, no, 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 no. He did. He did. Okay. He he wrote it. Julia Michaels wrote it. Sam Martin wrote it. Wow. That's why that song was so fucking good. Papercut was a, that was a song. I don't really stand for Tristan or listen to anything. That was what made me a fan. Like, that's what made me interested. Okay. But I also thought that, like, the album cover to his first album was really cute. I thought it was, like, really adorable. Okay. But other than that, I really haven't paid attention to much of his career outside of Papercut until he came out with that one video when he was with them flashing lights in the black and white dancing like a whole ass gay bird. Loved it. I'm screaming at the Loved fact that you called him it. a gay bird. Because okay. he has, like, a bird's chest. I love he it. He does have a birdcage chest. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, it's, it's adorable. It works for her. But so we're gonna take a break, okay? And then we'll come back with the topic of the day. Top Unless, of the day. Top <laughs> of the day. Top of the day. What? Top of the day. You know, we really didn't name out too many tops. That's crazy. No, I don't think I ever have tops on my radar. Do tops really exist? No. Are they real? No, I don't think they're real. It is also it's because it's a concept. It is a concept. It's a concept. It's a thought process. It's like, a process. really, a top and a bottom. So, I see it. This is how I see it. I feel like topping is a concept, bottoming is a mindset. You... And with that, break time. Hey, y'all. It's Isaac here. And I wanted to take a moment to talk about an opportunity for you to support the Table podcast. There's this nifty website called Patreon that gives you special access to me and other members of the table for as little as $5 a month. By becoming a patron, which is a paying subscriber, you will not only be supporting the Table podcast, but also joining us underneath the table as we talk about other topics ranging from what I ate for breakfast this morning to why I cannot sleep at night, which is oddly connected. There will also be exclusive content with some old and new guests, including people like Aaron, Lily, Darren, and anybody else who wants to join the pod. I'm excited for the opportunity to do even more work, and I am thankful for all the support, regardless of if you are a patron or not. Thank you so much for riding this wave with me, and let's get back to the show. And we're back. Back! So... Yes. We are talking about change. Change. And what that looks like, what that feels like. It's very much spring. Mm-hmm. That's when the like flowers start growing, but mm-hmm. it's still cold as fuck in Lawrence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Um, the point is, 
We're talking about change. Mm-hmm. And change in the world. Mm-hmm. We're about to both graduate, be off doing shit. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? How does that feel? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? No. Look, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of right there, that part. Yeah. It's just like change happens, things happen, life mm-hmm. happens. It is what it is. It's real. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where we're going with this, but you know. With change. With change. So, I mean, there's like these things, there's like the 10 rules of change and like what happens Ooh. when change exists. I and like, think about that. More of like self-change, like inside of your own body. Mm. So like, number one is, all behaviors are complex. So therefore, anything you do or don't do, it's like comes with a lot of shit. And we have to like think about that when thinking about change in general. And then change is frightening, so it's going to be scary, but, like, don't let it stress you all the way out. And then, like, change must be positive, which I don't agree with that necessarily, but we'll get into that later. Um, being Being easier than becoming. Being is easier than becoming. So, like, in that process of change, like, you just choosing to be something rather than, like, choosing to become something is going to be a lot more better for the process. I don't know what I'm saying. These words are not making sense in my mouth. Um, Slower is better, so it takes time, whatever. No more, do better. And then change requires structure. Practices necessary. New behaviors must be protected. Small successes are big. Blah, 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 blah. These are the things that some white person wrote on Psychology Today talking about change, but you know how that does not always transfer over to everybody else. Um, But anyway, when thinking about it, what is your favorite rule and why? Um... Being is easier than becoming. Why? I just like the way it sounds. You know, it sounds like a (laughs) mantra, like something I would write down on a piece of paper and like hang on my wall and just read every day and hope for the best, like an affirmation or some shit. I like that because I interpret that as... um. I guess in the most cheesy generic sense, being who you are, being your authentic self is easier than any type of persona that you curate for anyone else. Yeah. And I think that directly correlates to um my entire experience, like the what the last five years of my life mm-hmm. being in post-secondary education right um yeah being is easier than becoming yeah and that's like that manifested since the first day that i got here because you know like it's different i went to a high school that you know was like not how ku is at Mm -hmm. all um on a class standpoint like social class standpoint also um racially yeah just not the same either yeah that's like you know i mean in high school it's definitely that broke bitch lame 
lame broke bitches not getting no money like that was very much the mindset in mm-hmm. high school but then you grow the fuck up and you go to college and you're like well and you're like yeah so i was like mm, that's kind of nice that i went uh, i was in a space where people were kind of like just as broke as i was back mm-hmm. then um and then getting here and it's like oh you don't have to worry about finances like that because your parents got it made. Yeah, that's like a whole different version of change, like just geographical location when you move from one one place to oh, another place. Bitch, that's real. And you're like, well, because like as a military brat, I moved every three to four years. So every time I switched, I had to become a different person because I had to match all these other folks. And like being in the military, everybody's like, oh, yeah, like... I got, like, supposedly we, like, move a lot, but, like, we didn't have money. Like, anywhere I moved, especially when I was in Washington State, like, everybody was like, well, you have to have North Faces, and, like, you have to have all this gear. Like, you going skiing, but you know our black asses aren't going skiing, so, like, why do I need all these jackets? Because if I didn't have those jackets, it wasn't a staple piece, and I didn't fit in. So Skiing always seemed, like, fine. Yeah. I got into it. I went one time. Like, a lot. I've been really trying to do it, but whatever snowboarding is more fun but that's just me yeah i feel like it'll happen when it happens yeah because we're just being mm-hmm. instead of trying to become something exactly that's real i feel this coming i feel this is gonna like circle around that one that one right there yeah because i feel like that was also my favorite so like mm-hmm. you described it in a very good way oh my god we're like sisters i hate you <laughs> <laughs> okay so what rule have you struggled with the most like I the same one. Ooh, (laughs) that's why I liked it so much. Like the same one, being is easier than becoming, and that one is specifically. Honestly, I kind of wanted to shy away from talking about architecture related stuff, but that one, like, accurately coincides with my experience as an architecture student, because one. I love architecture, but it's too white. Mm-hmm. And I got that like I got that statement from one of my good friends. Um but she was talking about fashion. But she was like, I love fashion. I just wish it wasn't so white. And I was like, you know what? I feel the exact same way about architecture. Like I love architecture. I love what I love what it can do yeah. for people. And just that idea of contributing to something that is bigger than myself. I've always loved that. Um but I always felt like it is just terribly like underrepresented mm-hmm. or at least people of my identities, you know, being black and queer is yeah. just terribly underrepresented within architecture and there were, I mean, I definitely, like, I what I what drew me to switching into architecture was there was this sort of kinship around the students, um, but that was really a reaction to, or a result of, you always being in the goddamn studio mm-hmm. every damn day. Right. And um, so those interactions and those connections just kind of happen um and that was something that was very intriguing to me so i decided to go over to that but then i realized like i I wasn't looking at the the demographic between that kinship Mm -hmm. um 
but even then, even then, it was still it was still there. Like even when I trans like transferred over to the architecture program, I had no problem making friends, had no problem you know being known or anything of that nature. And I made like some great relationships with people like right off the bat. So I was like, yes, this is like what I was needing because at KU I was completely out of my element. I had no intentions on going to KU. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like on my radar, but it was what was c- covered. So, you know, I'm completely out of my element in, like, coveting some type of connection or relationship or feeling like I actually belong somewhere. And I feel like the School of Architecture was one of the first things that really afforded that to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I felt as if I was not really, like, I, I just felt like I was, like, really not represented in this whole realm because there was only what like six black people within the program Mm -hmm. and at the site like there's 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 i won't i won't say there's like one specific type of person but like the it's very much a professional degree yeah. So it's like you, it's your person, yeah, like the personality, you have to fit into this box of what the quote unquote architect is. And I saw this whenever I went to career fairs. I saw it whenever I went to mock interviews. I saw it whenever I went to portfolio reviews. Mm-hmm. Like it was just this sort of presence or like even with the way that they dress the way they carry themselves the way that they talked it was very cookie cutter to me right and i was like i don't fit into this at all like i'm loud i'm like i'm loud i'm flamboyant i like pretty much kind of like do and say whatever the fuck i want however Mm -hmm. the fuck i want to say it and i don't shut up about my fucking identities and like I am very vocal when I'm saying, like, there needs to be more black and queer representation in architecture. Right. And I am going to push for that representation because architecture is all about perspectives. It's scary that most of, like, I'd probably say about 80% of the profession is, like, one demographic. Right. But they're the ones that are making some of the most vital and important design decisions for the rest of the world, you know? And that's kind of terrifying. That is kind of terrifying. You know, they don't make up most of the population, but as far as architecture, they do. Mm -hmm. And they're making most of the decisions for the population that they don't even, like, mostly make up of. And that's kind of, that's very unsettling. Right. So especially when you're dealing with things like housing, that yeah, becomes that's very the same unsettling. Thing. That's very real in like social um, work too. Just because like when we talk about like housing, like co ops and developments and stuff like that, we're supporting and populating people who look like me and like mm-hmm. have the same like identities as I do. But like I have privilege and therefore I can talk and then talk about and engage with the experiences because I come from that same background. But a lot of people who do the work don't come from that background and then think that a piece of paper that says like this is the best practice is supposed to be the answer and this is how we're going to keep them in this space. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know if that's similar with architecture in the sense of like we have this practice and this is supposed to work for this community. For a long time that it has been. There's definitely starting to become a shift. Yeah. Where... 
you know, I guess community engagement is actually a thing. Like, let's actually talk to the people now. who live there. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God that's so groundbreaking. Like, like, innovative. Oh my God. We're doing a housing project and we're actually going to talk to the people that are going to be occupying this space. Like, game changer. Oh my God. Game changer. Uh, Great. Fantastic. No, but, um, just more so kind of like a personality thing yeah you know um and then on top of that i kind of did have this chip on my shoulder because i felt that of course being i feel like being a student like a student of color specifically a black student in any type of educational environment you kind of feel like you are in a situation or in a predicament where you're playing catch up to all of your white counterparts and it may not like that may not be the truth that may not be the reality but you always feel that way right so even then i came into you know i transitioned into architecture like architecture wasn't even something that i thought of until i got to college mm-hmm. so then i'm in a i'm in a predicament or i'm in an environment of people who wanted to be architects since they were like 11 or they come from families of architects and it's like architecture was a thing that they wanted they even had some prior knowledge they've had like autocad classes drafting classes before and it's just like okay so i feel like i'm kind of out of my element but i want to be like i tra- made this transition because i wanted to be here right so I made sure that, like I said, I kind of had this chip on my shoulder and I felt like I had so much to prove. So, like, I just wanted to make sure that out of those students that are like that were being seen, I wanted to be one of those students that 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 was seen. You know, I wanted to be acknowledged for the hard work that I had done because I felt like because there were so little opportunities for me in the profession in general, just because when I see that representation, I see it very like I don't see much of it. I kind of just felt or convinced myself that I had to strive to be the standout in order to get half of the consideration that other people might get. Yeah. Um, And that was something that I struggle with a lot because then I felt like even if I am a decent architecture student or a good architecture student, I still like my essence still does not fit in what I usually being seen what I'm usually seeing or what I'm usually being exposed to as that representation of the architect. Right. Like I it was like I don't like I don't fit into that. And so there was a time where I struggled and I felt like I'm not going to have a place in the profession because I just don't I don't fit this trope. And that's where the being is easier than becoming comes into factor because it took me about three years to accept how like to accept like this is just who I am. Exactly. And that shouldn't affect the way you view my work. Because I feel like my work should stand out for for itself. My philosophies in architecture should stand out for itself. Why I'm doing architecture 
and my intentions behind architecture should stand up for itself. You shouldn't necessarily be worried about the way that I talk right. or the way that I stand or the way that I carry myself or what I or if I refer to myself as like he or she or or if I do any of those things. Right. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't matter. You know, that's just it's just the dessert. Like that's my, the package. That's the glitter. That's the ooh la la. The body yada yada. I may not have all the right accoutrements from Jesus, but I can make a silhouette that gives them to you. I had to plug Miss Monique Hart. I'm representing the KC Queens Colexis. No, I had to. I just had to. Once I said, once I I'm said living. a little bit, once I brought up the glitter, every time I you think of glitter, like I think left. of Monique Cart. Yeah, I love that. Oh my god, think of Monique Cart. Yeah, she said accoutrements. Accoutrements. I was like, you better dabble them long ass nails into that thesaurus and find them syllables. You come on, syllables. Like, let's get educated. Let's get educated. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that's why I kind of felt like being is uh, being is easier than becoming because as long as I can exist and be in the room and be myself, right? That's that's all that I care about. And now, since I'm in a position where I'm starting to get like starting to look for jobs, and jobs start ask like start asking me, well, what do you look for in a firm? The first answer that I have is. I want to work at a firm where I'm comfortable being myself. And exactly. then I follow with, I am black, I am queer, uh, and I won't shut up about it. And I am going, I was like, I just want anyone to know that while I am in your office, I am going to be advocating for the representation for black and queer identities in architecture, but also how those spaces or how architectural space can accommodate their needs as well exactly and so far i mean i've been kind of like in some cases i've have been denied by firms for that reason because they felt some felt that and they say it in a very passive way well yeah that's how they always shut you down like you're too black you're too queer you can't be here because you're too passionate mm -hmm. or you're not going to be a good fit because you have different ideologies and that's what they do they say they always basically like we we decided to go with someone else who we feel may be a better fit for the studio environment or something like that but it's like I know what y'all talking about but like luckily luckily um, I would say recently within like the last two months I've had about three firms that I've always been interested in ever since I decided to make the switch over to architecture. Yeah. Had these conversations with them and it's been received very positively. So I'm we'll we'll see how that manifests when I'm actually in those spaces. But um it's good to see that, you know, I didn't have to become or change anything for me to be considered for these spaces. Cause like I said before, I work extremely hard yeah. to have these opportunities that I have. It like there's no sort of nepotism. There's I've haven't been given any handouts. Right. I've I've received absolutely none of that. Everything that I've achieved is because I've worked hard for it. It because I really truly care about architecture and what that means for people. And that has always been my motivating force at its most taxing times, at the times where I felt completely worthless or I would never measure up to my white counterparts, male or female. Um, 
and and I and I struggle with that all the time. You know, I I struggle with that all the time. And sometimes I become a little bit obsessive because I feel like if I don't know this and this and this, if I'm not truly the well-rounded architect, then who the fuck is going to consider me? Right. You know? Um and that's the thing that I still struggle with to this day. But like, I feel like that's something that you have to naturally struggle with just because you're a person of color. Yeah, and I feel like, like I mean, I just and I mean, it, I've I've turned it into something positive, right. you know. I and I've let that push me, and I've let that motivate me. And now I'm just I see it as I'm in a position where I'm like I'm consuming all of this knowledge, mm-hmm. and I like that I'm consuming all of this knowledge, and that I'm able to relay a lot of that knowledge as well, and I'm able to use that in practice and in my studio projects. I'm just really, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a much better place a much happier place now than I was before um but yeah I think that's because I just allowed myself to to be I I just I just allowed myself to exist you Mm -hmm. know and it feels good to be you know just exist and yeah to just exist and then do well and just do well like especially when Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times we see people who are like famous who are doing like all their shit and we're like, well, how do they do it? How do they do well? How did that work for them? And it's really just that whole entire component of being them and like mm-hmm. making sure what they're doing. Like, okay, sure, privilege plays a part in a lot of it. But like at the end of the day, me being me and me getting my work done and me doing well at what I do has everything with me being comfortable with who I am. There we go. That's it. There we go. And I say it time and time again that you have to be in a good like headspace is crucial headspace is imperative and i say this all the time in order for you to make conscious design decisions to make good design decisions you have to be in a good headspace no matter what right um and that that's just one thing that i just really push for and even for now i'm like in a position and it feels really weird but i'm in a position of being like a mentor to some of the freshmen that are coming in right um, specifically the freshman students of color. And, like, that's just that's one of the things that I just always, like, I, I try to pinpoint is that you just have to make sure that you are in a good headspace. Right. Because it is a, it's, it's, it's such a different experience for yeah. us. And it's a and mental it's, game the whole time. It, it is a, a mental, mental game, game the whole time. time. And you realize that you're not alone in that situation. And that was actually a a huge problem that we had with faculty um, in the School of Architecture because a lot of faculty was under this impression that when you come into the School of Architecture, you are safe here. You know, all that shit that come before, that's left at the door. You know, we accept everyone and all identities and all this bullshit. That's literally But it's like, we had to fucking explain to these people (laughs) that just because we walk into this goddamn building does not mean that we put blackness, queerness, oh shit, that we put blackness, queerness on a rack and then we go about our fucking business. No, like what happens on this campus to people that are of the same identity to us, whether it's the whether or not these incidents are happening directly to us or to peers, like that affects us because that puts us in a mental state that if it happens to them, it can happen to me. Right. And so you go into a building and you're expected to do you're you're, you're expected to pour creativity out of your body, and you have all this shit going on in your head. 
but you have faculty that are like, well, I I hope I never did that. I hope I never made you feel that way. I hope you don't feel that way whenever you're in this building. But and it's, it's not like an that's not thing. yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's not the it's not the point. No, and that's like it's it, that's not the point. And it it was like it got so it got to a point where like the conversation was just so hard to have when it came to faculty that we started have that we had to have these conversations within our own space. Yeah, and that's the only like because. I think that's really important as well because it's good to talk about the things that bother you without having to give a lot of like preface to it mm-hmm. or having to give a lot of context to it. Like sometimes I can go up to a student and I can just be like, like what's happened? Being black in architecture. And they're just like, girl, I know. Because that's the Like, I know. Like, you don't even have to explain in further detail. They just, like, I I know. Being black at KU. Being being black black at KU. In general. Is a thing. Being queer in general. Being black and queer in general. Being black and queer in general. But anyway. Okay. So, let's take a break. And then we're going to come back for just desserts. And then we're going to vent about things. Because I have a topic that we're going to vent about. And it's going to be cute. Yeah. Okay, B. Bye. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm saving this forever. And we're back. Baby, you got lucky because you're rocking with the best. And I'm greedy. So greedy. And I ain't talking money. I'm just physically obsessed. And I'm greedy. Greedy. Seiku. Who? Shantae. You stay. <laughs> like, because you do the lyrics. Anyway. Deservingly. Should have saw my mouth. Mouth recording. I was getting everything right. I even did the lip cover <laughs> for the vibrato. Uh, so... This is the first ever Vin session. Oh, history. So, history. Her story over here at the Table Podcast. Yes. But I feel like her story is like very binary, and I feel it like is. we should come up with another word. But for now, we'll use her story. Um, we story. <laughs> Weastery? <laughs> no, that's dumb. That's that's not cute. Um, so recently, actually. I'm going to preface this by, like, trigger warning, police brutality, oh, shit. Uh, black death, black antagonism, black white people not caring about black folks. Okay. So. So, wait. Are you going to, like, I'm just bringing in a topic. No, I was going to say you're going to spark it off and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'll just. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, recently, in the past literal two weeks, there was a black man, Stefan Clark, who got murdered in his backyard in California and got shot at 20 times. Eight of those bullets hit him in his back. And the police officers are, like, very underground. A lot of people are saying that he deserved it. Literally just was on his cell phone. Like, we are on our cell phones, just walking down the street, jumping fences, trying to get to his house. And he got shot in his backyard because supposedly he did something illegal, but he didn't. Um... At the same time, Alton Sterling's uh, police officers were not indicted for murdering him. And, you know, usually 
This is kind of like a collective mourning process. I don't know. I wrote a piece about survivor's guilt around it, about how I feel very upset every time a black person dies because I feel like that could have been me. And I always think, why am I still alive? And I don't know why. But I just wanted to talk about in this moment the white people who really like fucking sharing shit about black death all the damn time and trying to be like, this is so messed up. This sucks. Da 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 da. But y'all aren't literally doing anything to protect black and brown bodies from this shit. Please check all your bags at the door, get the fuck out my house, and leave me the hell alone. And that's where I'm at. Mm hmm. Say like who's looking at me crazy. I'm not looking at you crazy. I just don't know what to say. That's fair. Do you have anything you want to vent about? There's also other things I want to vent about, like Vanessa, I mean, Mateo going home I too can, early. But... Um, I actually had a conversation with some organizers in um, when I was in Chicago last week, um, specifically touching on um, the part where you talked about this kind of like obsession that white people have with reposting and reblogging these videos. It's like so fucking reactionary. Like, I have to be aware. I have to see these Let's share all of these like but at articles. the same time like completely disregarding doing nothing. The I mean like cuz those are those in those instances they're like completely traumatic. Like it's gotten to the point where like I know about Stefan Clark but I don't know too much of the details because right. just mentally and emotionally I can't handle that anymore like we have been dealing with it has been like the same <clears throat> excuse me it's been like the same the exact same story for like five years now over and over again that shit gets tired after one year right that shit gets tired like that shit got tired when damn I can't even remember the net when like Philando Castile, even before that, came literally a day after the Alton Sterling incident happened. Like that shit gets tired, and there was videos for both of them, and it's like I'm not trying to see that shit every day. And that's the thing, like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to come back to that reality that no one gives a fuck about us. Like I don't need to watch a video to fucking know that. No, like I it has been it every single like day. literally, you know, that's fucking crazy. Like it's the exact same thing. Someone gets killed. There's video giving proof. No one gets indicted. It is like, and it's just at this point, it's like, how much more fucking aware do you need to be before you start unpacking what you really need to fucking do if you want to stand in solidarity? And it's all very performative. It's like this performative activism. It's this performative solidarity. No one wants to do or say shit. And it's this level of complacency because people aren't fucking stupid. Right. People know that they have privilege. They know that they have privilege. And they know what it truly means to stand in solidarity. And that's what most of these motherfuckers don't want to do. It's a lot of shit that these white liberals don't want to fucking do either. Exactly. They're good at acknowledging their privilege, but they don't want to actively do anything to dismantle it because they know, because they like their privilege. They like they power. Don't, they don't, don't want like to, they power. don't want to give up their privilege. Right. They don't want to. Don't like they that. just want to be in good spaces when it comes to 
marginalized identities to kind of save face and to feel better about themselves. But when it's actually time to start doing the groundwork, they know exactly what the fuck is going to happen to them if they do that. And they like benefiting from their privilege, whether they want to admit it or not, they do. If not, you will see more people really putting themselves on the front line and like deconstructing and dismantling their own privilege to help out others and you don't really see that no that's like the realest thing because i think about you don't see it that much i'm not gonna say that that's not been done at all because i do know some white folks that have been shunned from their spaces in their communities because they were all about dismantling their privilege but that's the thing though but, like whenever like for example um when we had um rio's murder here in kansas city the people who are organizing yeah. and fixing all that stuff were black and brown people. It's never, I, I've never seen white folks show up after the deaths. There's always like this reactionary, I'm gonna share this many posts, mm-hmm. but you don't go to vigils. If you do go to the vigils, you come talk about this community building piece. And I'm like, okay, but you're not actually, your community's not being targeted. Your community's mm-hmm. not dying. Mm-hmm. Your people are not out here mm-hmm. running away and seeing people walking on the street. Like every time I see like a police officer or somebody in a uniform, I'm like in a mental distress, but like, if I fall out and start crying on this, like, sidewalk and pavement, what the fuck are you going to do for me then? Like, how are you going to make this any better or make me feel safer or make me feel more secure? Which I don't even expect white people to do this shit no more. I don't expect anybody to, like, try and make this any better I because I don't either. I can't. I don't either. But at the same time, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to clap for you when you share a tweet from a black person talking about the situation and you being like, man, this really sucks. Like, actually, I'm mad because that irritates me. I feel, yeah. That's irritating. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people do that, too. Everybody does that. Especially, like, for people they fucking. Mm-hmm. Like, they be, I have like, this, but I, I, I remember, like, okay, so I know we're eventually going to vent about Drag Race, but um, it was back, like, I remember it was this really big debate on Twitter where people, like, I remember I made some tweet, and it just, like, People got pissed. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, there's a lot of people that camp for this performative, like... They live for the performative, performative like, activism. And it's like, there'll be the same people that be complaining that white mediocrity is beating them for, like, job opportunities and positions and shit like that. But But y'all be upholding that shit. I don't... I just just don't get it. No, it's because people, like... like, No, I just don't get it. People perpetrate that hierarchical, like, ideology of, like, whiteness being better than them, meaning that, like, there's this one video of these two black kids and they're doing step... They're doing a step routine. No, it's a white kid and a black kid. I remember that shit, And the only person who's being focused on in that video is the white kid. Like, when I that mean, black boy is up I, in there stepping his life, right. but because we're gonna center this white kid because he's doing something that's different, he's doing something that's but like I remember what, it was like some it was like some some girls were just like oh he's gonna be a oh my god I already know what fraternity he gonna be in. I already see, and I'm like, girl, you got that just from one video. No, like, what if he doesn't want to do that? What if he's like actually somebody who wants to do agriculture? Like, what if this is something he did for his class? I was like, what if his white ass ends up going to a PWI? Exactly, doesn't even step foot into any of that world. I'm like, girl, you got that from one video. No, and then so I just I'm tired of camping. I feel like people be waiting to camp for people to do the absolute 
like for for doing the bare minimum people are just waiting to camp and praise but it's like the white mediocrity so now let's switch over to drag race real quick but it's like the hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on um about that like ah shit lost my train of thought damn 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 because i was like i feel like some way i was about to circle that back around to the shit that we have to do deal with Oh, well, that's what I'm about to talk about with Drag Race because I'm going to go back to All-Star. I was talking specifically at KU, but no, oh, actually, I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like actually tired of having this conversation and I really don't I don't, care. So no, we can just move on to just Drag like, Race. That's yeah, a lot more fun engage. Engage. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like a bridge, right? So my, white mediocrity and Drag Race in general. I'm thinking a lot about See, milk. the thing is, the thing is like, I am very green to drag race oh damn you I'm know so because sorry. like i'm not i'm not the season watcher like i told you like i was telling you this before how my mother and my sister watched drag race when it first happened but i was still very much in that i'm not trying to give no shit away <laughs> so i would listen i would like watch or listen to drag race purely as background noise but i knew who the anginas and the Jujubees and the Tyra Sanchez's were. Like, I knew of the names and the faces, but I never, like, actively watched Drag Race. Okay. And then so we can literally only I talk was about like, season 10. I was in and out of season six. Okay. Um, because fucking the lip sync assassin Trinity K. Bonet, like, I was like, Let's if this is it. what lip sync is, like, I'm into it. But also, um, I was like, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I don't know those girls. I watched season nine over the summer. Okay. Um, but we can talk about because even we can. But talk like about even this. then, like it's something that I'm trying to like. I, d- I definitely tell myself I'm gonna start Drag Race from season one, get more into it, because it's like it's something that's just really fun to get into. But I really want to get into the logistics of it because I see there's really nice, interesting discourse around it. Um, yeah. Especially. When I was just specifically looking at the conversations that Shea Coulee has, mm-hmm. um, talking about like being black and in drag and right. how that is a completely different experience than being mm-hmm. white and in drag. And I'm starting to even notice that now. Like You can watch it and see it on the show. Not even just watching it, but if you just go on Instagram and you look at the roster of season 10, like almost every white queen is like packing 100K followers where most of the black queens are still like at 60K, 70K, right. 50K. And I'm just like, Damn, it's like it's really crazy because all this shit is rooted from ball culture, exactly, which, which was is black and brown by black and brown queer folks, specifically trans women in Harlem. In Harlem, um, but it's just really, it's really interesting to see how that is completely manifested to the largest viewing demographic being white queers or white cis male gays. Exactly, like, that is pretty much what that demographic is now that's what basically what drag race it's like it's they are that core fan base of for exactly it. and that's the when they talk about drag race fans and like when queens talk about drag race fans they're specifically talking about white gays they because are. honestly like my opinions and my words and everything like everything piece that's ever been written by a black queer person about RuPaul's Drag Race is not the things that are being like boosted like the Atlantic article that they came out about there being a race problem within Drag Race there was it was written by a white gay and they were like oh my god there's a race problem and we need to get to the point of this and we need to talk about this problem but like honestly any reality television show of this caliber is a microcosm of what this world actually exists and does so for example trinity k bonet and milk's lip sync 
from season six. Talk about legendary. White mediocrity losing finally to this black excellence in front of Eve. Let's and and the baddest bitch to have ever stepped ten toes on any soil, Miss Trina. Miss Diamond Princess Trina. Exactly. Your words senseless. The baddest. The baddest. But literally, like sitting up her ass is so big like the sun. Don't do this. I won't. I I, because if I engage and I go down this path, I'm not coming back. I won't. I won't. Baddest bitch on the planet. Miss Trina. She got her own day in Miami. I literally actually can't deal with you right now. But anyway, yes. See, Trinity K knew. And then what was what was the song? What was it the song? Was... Let's get the let's get into the song. Let, we we gotta let the people know what the song was. Wait, was it? Is that Eve? No, it was in Vogue and Salt and Pepper. You're right, bitch. I don't remember what the song is. I've listened to so many lip syncs that I man, like that I bet it. What right. a man! What a man! What a mighty good man! I like to take a moment or two to give our respect to all the men that made a difference in my world. I'm actually going to stop this recording. <laughs> and I'm gonna go home. Iconic. You knew Trinity K. You know when she saw that 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 arrangement that they had to put together. You know she was like, "I'm not let. I'm not about to let this bitch. I'm not about to let this white bitch chop me knew. on the stage. We not knew. in front of Eve. Not in front, not in front of, of Trina. Not, not on this of, day. No. Not in this day. Not, not in this day, day and age. hour moment. But literally, like if you go, like you go into the details of that performance, she literally was in one spot that entire performance patting all kinds of pussy patting like shaking all kinds of ass just rolling i wish you watched more of rupaul's rolling on the floor and then milk was literally just jumping everywhere all over the place and no one was looking at her no at all, that w- it was literally like Trinity K. Bode was so encapsulated. She was so in. She was so focused and poised, and she just oozed what the essence of that song was about. And right. she was just like, it was effortless. It was effortless. It was effortless. It was easy. And I honestly, I even felt that like when she was going against Adore for the lip sync that she eventually got eliminated in first off i kind of felt like she never should have been in the bottom anyway but the thing is once you get once you get up but there, I, no no i was end. about to say i was saying like i felt like i felt like trinity k shouldn't have been in the bottom anyway but like adore did like do a lot of extra stuff but i still felt that trinity k gave the better lip sync but i felt but that was her, her time that was bottom? her third time in the bottom and i felt like rue was like okay this is your third time in the bottom no queen's ever gotten past it's, three times in the yeah bottom. it was no like queen. i think he was just like i'm gonna just have to send you home yeah but even home. then that still kills me to this day where bianca really came for her entire she man. said what actually do you do well Quickly. Quickly. Why didn't she say, I perform? Because, you know. That's some, her answer. But, but actually, in real life. That is her answer. If somebody, if you were just sitting in a room and you were trying to, like, plead your case and somebody goes, what actually do you do well? Quickly. 
how you would I yeah, would you I, would be, I would be like the You'll fuck? Be, yeah like I wouldn't be able to answer neither so I'm not even gonna sit here and be like oh sis you should have been answering fast no I'm My saying like, like no I'm saying she but the thing is she didn't answer at all but I think that was editing I really do think she was. gave it I really do think she but gave I felt like that's what I was saying like she was the best lip singer out of everybody like out of that whole on that cast. season she, she did was really the well. lip sync she was assassin of season six and then I'll be watching her lip sync videos post drag race she's amazing she's still there iconic still there yeah so no it reminds me like and bianca she can't lip sync she's funny she's funny funny. she's a she's a she's a comic she's a comic queen she's she's real fucking funny she's real good at what she does real good at what she does but that's what happens when you stay in your own lane Mm -hmm. you ain't got a comp you don't have to fight nobody like i said she was fucking smart she Mm -hmm. knew she knew where her strengths were she knew where her weaknesses were that's what happens when you do drag she knew that lip sync was not her strong suit and that there was a potential for her to get chopped on it so she made sure she came with a full arsenal every single competition that bitch was never in the bottom no never in the bottom she was always in the top always in the top she was always safe always Always a part of that safe group Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah but yeah now she's doing the damn thing yeah she's doing her best life okay so let's wrap it up what do you have any like church announcements you can let these girls know about what you doing what you doing in these streets miss vanessa miss vanessa vanjie we didn't get to talk about her i'm not engaging Ah! I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I know that's crazy, but um, I'm not. Doing I got this some. Anymore. I got some. Uh, some church announcements. I got some testimonies. Um, if you can refer to page four within your bulletin. Um, I'm working. I'm currently crafting a master's thesis. Cue applause. Yes. I'm fucking terrified. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all queer honesty, I am a little nervous, but very excited on what this project um, could present. It is not April yet, is it? Tomorrow's no. April. Tomorrow will be April. Okay, so a good um, Gabriel Eve. I guess good Gabriel the, Eve. I guess that's what they call it now. In 2018. 2018. Wow. That no. just came together. Boom. That, that, Boom. Was, that Boom. was like water. Water. That was like water. Because but in, in Gabriel. In Gabriel. Is my birthday. Is, is the good sis Isaac's birthday. And that means. And that means. It's going to be. A great little queer time with my queer peers. We might die. Facts. Literally, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna make it past April 14th. I don't know how we're gonna survive, but we're gonna make a way. A lot of water, hydration. A lot of water. There's Um, so much going on. We gotta start stretching. Yeah, we gotta start stretching. We gotta start doing yoga. We gotta get our stretches in. Yeah, I started doing yoga. Um, we got to get into mindfulness so we can be calm. I meditate. Most of the time. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we, mm-hmm. Meditation, mm-hmm. Is meditation is important. Meditation mm-hmm. is really important. And we got to stay up on our scriptures. We got to read. We got to read. From what book? I don't know, any book. Oh, okay, that's better. I, when you said scripture, I, I automatically went Without to the like, Bible. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. We no, don't have to no, get no, into no, that. No, we don't no, have no. to. Which, by the way, though, I am reading this thing called, um, I think it's called like Jesus as the Radical. My father gave me yes, that Yes, you were talking to me about that. Yes, and it basically goes into detail on the real ri- real reason why the Romans hated Jesus. And it yes. wasn't because he was just this all-around nice person no, Jesus that was did everything. That he was dragging the fuck out of the Romans. Jesus was he was life. coming for their fucking necks. Like, they didn't know what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. And 
that's a fun Jesus. I'm into that Jesus. That, that's the four C Jesus that I the four C like Jesus. reading about. The locked Jesus. The locked Jesus. The what Jesus, Jesus who What if Jesus did have dreadlocks? You know, what is that one song with E forty in it? Palestinian with kinky hair. Look. I'm into that. I if you're a Palestinian with kinky hair and you happen to like black boys. Girl. Not not on this podcast. Come and get me. We're gonna have to edit. It's that my part podcast. Out. We're gonna have to edit. That it's part my out. podcast, and I can say whatever I want to. We're thank you. To you're not out. gonna do this to me. You're not going. <laughs> you're not going to do this. We to have me to edit now. that part out. No, we can't. We can't reveal this part about us, Isaac. I am a reveal. I as am. an as a person and as a human, I, I am, am a, a giant ass reveal. A so reveal. know me and know my worth and know my gig. Okay, bitch. I'm a full stud. Mm-hmm. So my bitch. So don't don't play. Okay, I know this, exactly. and we're a whole entire experience together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, any gay, any gay, any gay. Thank you so much for being on. I know, this I know. This is so cute. You're gonna have to come back. I love spending time with you. It finally happened. This was like what a year and a half in the making. Not a year and a half. So like, we literally <laughs> met in like fucking August. What do you we mean? Really did. We met in August. We did meet in August. We met in August. No. August. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay. We will talk to you. I'll see y'all next Ms. time. Miss Vanjie. Oh God. Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. Vanjie. Miss Angie.